Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia Pacific stocks are mixed this morning following another night of records on Wall Street. Investors in Tokyo are taking profits following yesterday's post election surge. The Nikkei is off a quarter percent, Sydney also in the red, as investors there await an interest rate decision today from Australia's central bank. Seoul is up, the Kospi trading. Up more than one and a half percent. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, he's Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. How's the week been so far? It's been going great, but I have to say it's rather busy for a short work week. Yeah, I know. It feels like Friday already. Now, we begin this morning in the world of cryptocurrencies with one token that is a cautionary tale, another that is rising to prominence. And listen closely, Singapore's ambitions to become a global crypto hub. Yes, that last note may be a surprise to some listeners, particularly those who have needed to exit the Binance US trading platform after Singapore effectively banned its use here. But MAS Ravi Menon is putting forward a case of how regulation could help Singapore cement a position at the centre of the crypto world. More about that in a moment, but first, the cautionary tale. Fans of the hit Netflix series Squid Game created and bid up a crypto token called Squid. Bid it up, it surged more than 200,000% in the past week, rising from nothing to more than 2,800 US dollars a share. I hate to ask this, Ryan, but please tell us, where is Squid trading now? Yeah, I'm guessing you're not one of those fans. And so we are looking at Squid Game's so-called cryptocurrency rising from zero, like pointed out, and it is now back to zero after oh. a 230,000% gain. So you are looking at, if you look at the charts, it's like a rocket going up and oh. then back down to earth again. So I'm sure it's not a surprise to many watching the cryptocurrencies, seeing how things can be so volatile. And this has really played out according to what many people are expecting, you know, things going up for no reason. And for no reason at all, coming back down again. So it's just profit-taking and speculation. And this actually doesn't have anything to do with the movie at all. It's just called Squid. So you are looking at just this being the next meme sensation. People jumping on the bandwagon and taking money off the table when they get spooked or feel there is any reason to do so. So here we have the next case study for Cryptocurrency 101. Oh my goodness. Sounds like a game that's even scarier than the Deadly Children's one at the heart of the Squid Game series. Now, for the other side of the coin, we turn to a token started as a joke. Actually, it was a joke about a joke, but it's now one of the top-rated cryptocurrencies. I'm talking about Shiba Inu, which began as a take on the dog in Dogecoin's logo. Dogecoin, of course, was not taken seriously until it soared into the top tiers of crypto tokens with a market value of more than 35 billion US dollars. But wait, Shiba Inu has surpassed it. Ryan, what's going on? Yeah, How did we this happen? Waiting for this to happen. Um, this was very close sometime. <laughs> last week number 11 now it has leaped frogs number 10 to become number 9 so it hit an all-time high for Shiba Inu in terms of price and while well, I have to read the zeros here 0.00008 point whoa okay I already said pain <laughs> it is a very fractional price so it's um, four zeros after the dot and then an 8616 so that is how small the price is for one coin and like you pointed out it's the 
result of a joke and it has also been dubbed the Dogecoin killer. So both feature dogs and has gotten its own groups of support and fans. So it's another sign of how if enough people believe in it, it Mm. will go up. So the question is, for how long? That's it right there. Finger on the pulse of things. Now on to the issue of policy and Singapore's place in the crypto universe. With the Singapore Fintech Festival less than a week away, Ravi Menon, the head of the Monetary Authority of Singapore, is making a case to the international media about Singapore's place in the crypto world. He said strong regulations are better than outright bans and that he's working to ensure that Singapore is not left behind when it comes to crypto-based activities. Ryan, fill us in. What's the latest here? Yeah, this comes from Ravi Menon. He's the MD of the MAS, which of course regulates what happens here in terms of banks and financial firms. So he is giving a bit of a balanced approach here and he feels the best approach is not to clamp down or ban these things, to have some form of oversight. And this comes with the approach of how Singapore is trying to cement itself as a bit of a hub for crypto-related businesses. Already you've seen the likes of Binance and Gemini forming offices here. And I think the MES is quite optimistic and confident it can regulate and handle the growing cryptocurrency space. And many banks actually have also been venturing into this space. DBS, one of them, having its own um, crypto trading exchange platform. So it's going to be a growth area for Singapore. On the one hand, it seems Singapore is quite open to fintech and cryptocurrencies. Look no further than the annual fintech festivals coming up next week. But on the other hand, it's not necessarily easy for Singaporeans to trade on crypto platforms. What do you think, Ryan? I think it's going to be one of those things will, that will need some time to mature. And once we have, or at least the regulars have enough of a good feel of how things can be handled, then there's going to be enough safeguards and um, guide rails in place to allow more people to adopt it mainstream because when you look at how things are going you've got places like El Salvador making it Bitcoin um, legal tender and many other places also adopting it if Singapore doesn't do it it's very easy for anyone in Singapore to go online to take part in these things so it has to in a way regulate it in some form uh, but at the same time allow access as well to anyone who's interested Mm, promise in the crypto economy, Singapore is saying it sees now. Let's turn to local corporate news, starting with Semcorp Marine, a takeover bid for the struggling offshore oil platform and shipmaker by Tomasic looks set to move forward. Now, since announcing plans to privatize Semcorp a little over a month ago, Tomasic has now acquired or controls more than 50% of Semcorp's shares. Remaining investors have until tomorrow afternoon to accept Tomasic's offer. Can you fill us in? What's next? And does it look like a good deal for Samcorp shareholders or is this pretty much a done deal? Yeah, so this is really around how its share price, Samcorp Marine, has been um, under a bit of pressure because of various macro headwinds. The economy is not super, oil prices and all that has been weighing on the industry. So you've got now Samcorp Marine, their MC or rather mandatory general offer by Tomasic has now turned unconditional uh, after the shares it owns has crossed 50% threshold. So it's pretty much kind of done and dusted here. Um, so shareholders have until a certain deadline to accept the offer and that will come tomorrow, 5.30pm. 
and they will not be able to accept the offer after that. So it comes with the warning from Tomasek that the offer will not be extended beyond the closing date. So if you are a shareholder, you have to sit up and take notice and take action. Ryan, fill us in. Some analysts have speculated that once the privatisation of Semcorp Marine is complete, Tomasek will merge Semcorp with Keppel. Uh, What do you think? Is this likely to happen? I would not rule it out because this has been in the works or at least being talked about for years. Capital Offshore Marine merging with the likes of Sankop Marine for economies of scale because the argument for it is there. No Science matters right now in this industry, especially with the economies of scale you can get and the competition that's intensifying elsewhere. So that has this argument for it. But maybe in terms of timeline, we have to wait and see how that pans out because capital does have its plate full with many other things right now. Yeah, indeed. We turn to COVID-19. The world has passed a gruesome milestone, more than 5 million deaths from the disease since the start of the pandemic. Now, here in Singapore, there have been more than 200,000 cases, 421 deaths. Pharmaceutical companies will be reporting this week, which will give investors fresh indication of just how much these farmers are making from the sale of COVID-19 vaccines. In the meantime, Moderna has suffered a setback. U.S. regulators say they need more time to assess whether Moderna's vaccine will be approved for teenage use. Ryan, what impact did this decision have on Moderna's shares? Yeah, there was a lot of optimism being priced in that Moderna would get the approval from regulators to have its vaccine available for teenagers. So that did not happen. And disappointment instead happened. So we saw Moderna losing more than $7 billion in market cap on Monday trading after that failure. Mm. And like you pointed out, the FDA needs more time to figure out if or not it wants to do so. So right now, Moderna's share price is under pressure. An incident at Shanghai Disney, meanwhile, demonstrates China's strict approach to COVID-19. What happened? Yeah, I'm not sure about you, but I would love to be locked up in a theme park. My idea of hell. <laughs> That's what happened to thousands of visitors at Shanghai Disneyland. In fact, 34,000 of them had to be locked up before they could exit. So you've heard of how we have to go for testing usually before entering someplace. But now, it's the opposite for Shanghai Disneyland visitors. They have to undergo testing to get out. So this is because of China's policy of a zero-COVID strategy. And they had some reports that there might be some cases being spread in that area. And they decided to shut down. Um, or crack down or lock down Walt Disney Park in Shanghai. So all in, they had to ferry everyone home on 220 buses and all of them were negative. But they were still required to be isolated at home for two days. So I guess not exactly how they panned out in terms of a Halloween night. <laughs> And this was on Sunday. Oh, gosh. For more corporate news, we turn to a Tuesday morning game of Up or Down. Okay, Ryan, let's start with a Chinese company called Ganfeng. Okay, Ganfeng is going to be an up for me because they are in the news for winning a supply deal with Tesla for lithium products. So all going into the uh, battery supply chain. 
Indeed. Ganfeng is inked that three-year deal with Tesla. It's going to supply it with lithium for its electric car batteries. It's an up for me for Ganfeng. Next, let's look at Amazon. Okay, this is going to be an up for me and it's going to be up there in space because they are trying to get US approval to launch Mm. two internet satellites by 2022. So your next internet service might be brought to you by Amazon. From space. Yeah, up for me as well. For different reasons though, an electric car maker backed by Amazon called Rivian is preparing to go public and it looks like the company will have an initial valuation of some 55 billion US dollars. Oh, there's been so many memes about Alibaba around um, Halloween time, you know, and death knocking on Alibaba's doors and what's next. Let's look at Alibaba. Yeah, it's Singles Day coming up. Oh. And typically, this is where Alibaba comes out to play, right? They are known for their blockbuster sales and everything to do with it, advertisements, the coupon promotions, discounts. But it's going to be much quieter this time because of the crackdown on excesses and that promotion of common prosperity. So mm. it looks like um, the warning is there. Alibaba is preaching sustainability rather than hyping up the usual sales boom at this time of the year. So it's going to be a bit of a down for me for Alibaba. Yeah, I'm going to go with down as well. After its regulatory troubles of the past year, Alibaba is toning down its approach to single stay this year. All right, your namesake, Ryanair. Yeah, my airline is going to be a down because (laughs) Ryanair... What happened? ...is dropping its London listing. So no IPO there after all and... This is the first major company to blame it on Brexit for dropping out for its IPO. Indeed. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 18 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index started off November on a positive note, rising two-thirds of a percent to 32.19. How's the SDI trading this morning and is it adding on to those gains? So far, so good. It is in the green extending yesterday's gains by 0.1%. Now uh, trading at 3,222. And a quick snapshot of the STI. Let's check in. Pretty much in the middle between green and red. And right at the top is Jadi Matheson, 1.2% higher. Samcorp Industries is up 1%. And of course, the banks will be in focus this week because of their earnings and report cards out uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, UOB and DBS are up by 0.8%. And it looks like um, OCBC, though, is underwater by 0.1%. And looking at what else we are tracking, we've got, of course, this week in the news, SPH and SPH REIT. Uh, that is in focus because of a potential bidding war that might happen between Ong Beng Seng's consortium versus Capital Group. So, the offer price roughly around two ten right now, mm-hmm. and looking at where SPH is trading, it's at two thirteen. So right now, off the bat this morning, it's up zero point five percent at two thirteen. Um, yesterday, it was one of the top movers as well, up six point five percent. So you look um, looking at the share price, it looks like investors are expecting a sweetened offer from either side right now. And looking at SPH REIT, it is right now down by roughly 1% at a dollar 
and three cents. That reverses yesterday's gains of six point seven percent. So that is the picture you have right now on some of the um, interesting moves on the SDI. All right, let's check on stocks making news. How are Singapore's banks doing in in the run up to earnings announcements this week? Yeah, let's check in on the banks again, and of course, the bank drop is how the FOMC is going to be having its meeting come Thursday morning, concluding, and we are expecting a bit of a announcement around tapering, and that will bring forward the prospects of rate hikes, and that's good news for banks because it means profit. And also, we'll be watching out for banks to talk about releasing more loan provisions because they don't need to buffer as much as before for any defaults from COVID-19. So there is a lot going for it in terms of tailwinds. So looking at banks right now, it's a wait-and-see approach if you look at how banks are trading. It's mixed right now. Even though DBS and UOB are up by 0.9%, OCBC underwater by um, 0.1% right now. But it's worth noting, we do have some results out from Great Eastern mm. this morning, which is OCBC's insurance arm. So it looks like investors not too impressed with um, Great Eastern's result. Finally, we talked about Semcorp Marine earlier in this segment. How are shares trading now relative to Tomasic's offer price? Okay, let's take a look at where we are for Sankop Marine. And just to recap, the offer price is at $0.08 cents per share. And looking at where we are for Semcorp Marine, that is now at $0.7.9. Cents. So that is where we are right now. And of course, remember the deadline to exercise your option is tomorrow, 5.30pm. Actually, one more stock I'm watching closely is Top Glove. Um, you might remember last Friday we had the Malaysian budget and they implemented a windfall tax. So peop- uh, companies that made lots of money during the COVID-19 season uh, would have to pay higher taxes. And of course, Top Glove is one of them and they are still under pressure right now uh, and now trading at 86.5 cents. Um, it was earlier slightly underwater, but right now it's flat. All right, Asia-Pacific stocks mix this morning. Another night of records on Wall Street. We'll continue to track Asian markets for you right here on Your Money. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. Coming up in Market View Minutes, three of my favourite things, movies, coffee and the iPhone. What's the link? Stay tuned to find out. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.